today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Please welcome to the program one of the latest inductees into the Burlington Sports Hall of Fame, uh, Jim Lawson, who is the current CEO, of course, of Woodbine Entertainment Group, uh, and some other irons in the fire that we're going to talk about uh, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Jim, first and foremost, uh, congratulations and uh, welcome to the program. Great to have you with us today. Uh, some technical problems here. We're trying to hook yeah, up with no. Jim here. In just can you a... hear me? There we are. Okay. Yeah, I, okay, I can good. hear you. I'm sorry you couldn't hear me, but uh, thank you very much uh, for having me on. And yes, it was a great honor to be inducted into the Burlington Sports Hall of Fame last night. It was a fun evening. Yeah, the the, the actual ceremony was last night at uh, the fabulous Burlington Golf and Country Club. Uh, I've attended the ceremony in past years, too, uh, with some of the folks like Ron Foxcroft and Jim Taddy and, uh, and Steph Potasik, the Packer football coach. It, was, was it a surprise when they called you, Jim? I mean, invariably, when I talk to, to people of your out that are so involved in so many different things, you, you just kind of get your head down and you're working and working and working. You, you don't think about things like accolades and something. Was it, was it a surprise when they made the call and said, hey, you're, you're the guy? Well, certainly it's a surprise. It's, it's, it's pretty unusual. You, you really don't go through life thinking about it. And so, yeah, I, uh, it's not something that, that one spends any time focused on. So it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice surprise for sure. And uh, you really don't know how to take it. And even, even giving a speech last night, I said my opening was, what do you say at this kind of speech? So it was, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an unusual thing, but it's, uh, it's a humbling thing. And uh, I, I, was, uh, I was thrilled to be honored that way. I guess it's one of these times for reflection, though, isn't it, Jim, to, to kind of look back and say, you know, because this is your life, and you just kind of say, okay, that was this phase, and I've moved on to this and this. But, you know, when you look at the body of it, and, you know, from, from the time when you started out playing minor hockey and uh, and getting drafted by Ottawa, but going to Brown instead on a scholarship and uh, drafted by the, the Canadians and, and, you know, that career. And then, of course, you moved on to management in, in sports and your association with the CFL over the number of years. You can understand, I hope, that people can look at that and say, this this is a heck of a career and it's not over yet. I mean, you're still knee deep in an awful lot of this stuff, aren't you? Yeah, I certainly am. Although, interesting to use the word reflection, Bill, because that was really what I spoke about last night. And you get to a stage in, in your career and your life when you look back and say, wow, so many people helped me and supported me along the way, whether it be your high school teacher, high school coach, your amateur hockey coach, and you really don't get a chance to, to say thank you to them. I mean, you wake up later in life and say, wow, all those people did all those great things for me and selflessly, and most of them as volunteers. And uh, the one thing you do realize once you <laughs> is that most of them don't want thank yous. They don't. They're not looking for a pat on the back. The, the best thing you can do for them is to get involved in in sports and and try and give back to something that's given so much to you. And that's the way I've I've hopefully have framed up a lot of my life. The the last decade or two is is trying to give back for all the opportunities that were given to me. When you finished your hockey career, uh, you started practicing law. Was law something that was always a goal for you? Was that was that? I mean, athletics is athletics, but nobody can play hockey or anything for that matter forever. Uh, did we? At what point in your life were you saying, "Yeah, I'm going to get into law"? Uh probably in high school. I'm just uh-huh. wired that way. I went. I went to Brown University on the premise that uh, they had a very high acceptance rate into law school, and I know my recruiting dinner I, in Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island in 1975, I had dinner with a Supreme Court judge because I told him I wanted to go to Brown and I wanted to practice law ultimately, and uh, so I, I was 
I guess I'm very wired. I'm a planner, and uh, that's what I wanted to do. Who were your mentors? Uh, as I mean, in the young hockey career, there, there's always, as you mentioned, there'll be coaches and folks that have got into it. But when you move into into the business world, into practicing law, uh, you started this association uh, with with Canadian sports, and and uh, the Canadian Football League played a, a big role in that too. How how did you gravitate to that? Well, I think I the reason I gravitated to it is is I sat on a number of of boards and business boards. And I really felt like, hey, this is pushing paper around. This is doing things that I'm not all that interested in. My real passion uh, was was sports, and uh, I really think that you know an, another life lesson is is you only live once and get involved in things that you really love to do or are passionate about. And I've you know I grew up in the Burlington Hamilton area. I was always passionate about football and sports and 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 horse racing and. I've been just so lucky to be able to, in, in my business career, my professional career, follow that passion. And uh, you just have to, to follow that, I think. And, and, so, and, and I've met some great people and some great mentors along the way. I, you know, with people that come to mind, uh, you know, the late Ken King in Calgary. Uh, I worked closely with Ken for seven years, and he was president of the Calgary Flames and, of course, the Stampeders. And they're just, it's been it's been mentorship, but it's also been friendship and, uh, and support. And, uh, I, I, I just feel blessed that uh, I have had so many good acquaintances in the business and sports world. Uh, you were twice, uh, interim commissioner of the Canadian football league, uh, once after the departure of Mark Cohan, uh, and also after uh, Jeffrey orange, actually orange was hired to replace, uh, Cohen eventually. And he mm-hmm. served as the commissioner for a period of time. And then you jumped in again. Uh, I can remember some conversations I had with our, our dear friend, the late David Braley. David, of course, served as commissioner for the CFL during a rather <laughs> raucous time in the league too. And, uh, it's, it's a job that is uh, not without its challenges, isn't it? Well, it's, it's a difficult job. I mean, both, both the role as chair of the league, which I did for seven years and as a commissioner, it's, um, it's a small league, and, and uh, it, in some ways, it's more difficult playing that role with a with a nine team league than it than it is with a, a thirty team league because uh, just the governance is different in the structure, and, and uh, it's the owners that uh, have the have the skin in the game or the stake in it, and and uh, you need to answer to them. And so, uh, it, I don't think people necessarily appreciate just how hard it is, especially in the in the small environment of the Canadian Football League, because you've got to keep everyone happy and you've got privately owned teams and you've got corporately owned teams and you've got community owned teams and they, they're not always on the same agenda. So it, it is a very interesting environment in the Canadian football league. And I'm glad you brought that up because this is one of the things that I, I, I think it's one of the great things about the Canadian football league is that the, as you mentioned, it's a hybrid. You're dealing with some owners, certainly, but you know, they've got a lot of, of capital involved in this. And then you've got some of these community oriented teams uh, and I think there's only one of those, I think, in the NFL, and that'd be Green Bay. But the rest of the time, uh, you, you talk about the sports ownership, but it's uh, it's different. And, and you know, challenges, you've got TV contracts, you've got, uh, you know, trying to get people into the stadium uh, and, and the evolution of the Grey Cup. And you were on the board, and of course, the chairman of the board, when you saw that happen, uh, when the Grey Cup really has kind of morphed from, uh, I, I don't know, a game that was played on Saturday or Sunday, and they'd get into town on the Thursday before that. Now it's become a festival and a very successful one in just about every city. And it's it's one of, I think, the great things in the evolution of Canadian football, isn't it? It really is. And, and uh, 
it's a great thing for Canada. It's the fabric of Canada. You really have to go to a great cap- festival to recognize how special it is. And uh, I, you know, I, I love the Canadian Football League and and uh, and the, the, the Grey Cup Festival in the week is just a testament to to what it means to this country. And I I, I hope uh, and <laughs> that the CFL is around for a long time because I think it brings us all together. Um, much the way one of those things that we all love about Canada. Uh, and well, we'll see what happens in Hamilton this year. But I mean, we've, uh, my wife and I, Rebecca, have attended, you know, well, you name it. I mean, Calgary, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Toronto, I mean, all over the place. And it's, every city is unique when it comes to the, not just the CFL, but to the festival itself. And, and we look forward to that. Uh, your involvement with racing, and I'm interested in this too. Uh, you know, horse racing, as you mentioned, has played a big part of, of the sports uh, economy, really, here in southern Ontario. I mean, those of us uh, who go back a long way, this is before my time, but my dad used to tell me, about the old racetrack in the east end of the city where the, the center mall is right now that was that's why the hotel there was used to call the jockey club uh that's no longer with us but woodbine and greenwood and 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 so many other places and of course fort erie down the other way uh have played a key part in that so, and and you've been involved in this for quite some time now of course with woodbine uh what's the status of the industry right now i mean everybody has, has had to take a step back of course because of the pandemic jim uh but but from a perspective, business perspective right now, uh, how was it impacted by what was happened over the last 18 months and, and where do you see it going from here? Yeah, it, uh, it certainly is, you know, first of all, it's a big part of the fabric of Ontario. And, uh, there are 15 racetracks in Ontario. There are, uh, there are 12 standard bred tracks and, and two thoroughbred tracks and one quarter horse track. And, and, uh, that explains it's a very labor intensive business. And, uh, that's why it's it's important to to keep it going, sustain it. It, it employs well over twenty thousand, maybe twenty five thousand people in the province. And and uh, Woodbine Entertainment is the economic engine to 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 make it go. And uh, we work closely with the government and and uh, and its agency OLG to to ensure that uh, we can sustain this industry much for the people that it employs. The pandemic's been difficult primarily because we had a couple of periods uh, during lockdown where we had to stop. And, uh, you know, my, my battles with the government over that are, became a little infamous at times, especially in the horse community, that uh, I was making the point, and I still feel correct about it, that we were masked and we were socially distanced and we were outside and we, we strictly enforced all that and we never had any COVID. Uh, we ran at Mohawk for over a year without a single COVID case and we've run at Mohawk all year, five nights a week without any COVID. So the pandemic was hard because we had to stop racing. But the good part about the pandemic from, a, from our business standpoint is what we were forced to do without being allowed to have spectators or having people at our our locations uh, was was that we moved everyone online. So our business has very much turned into a digital business. About 85% of our wagering now is done digitally. So it set us up very well for the future. So I, I'm optimistic. I, uh, I, we, uh, we just need to keep going and, and expose new people to the sport. It's, it's not dissimilar to some of the demographics that you see in the Canadian football league and, uh, and golf and, and, uh, and tennis that, uh, we as a sport need to do a better job of uh, attracting those, those that young new audience, and a lot of that is going to be through 
digital and, and mobile marketing uh, through your phone, and, and, uh, and we're working hard at that. And we have, we have a good technology group at, at Woodbine that's making that happen. I think a lot of us had our eyes open to the industry a few years ago that when uh, one of the provincial governments of the day announced some policy decisions that would, put it this way, were not very favorable to the industry. Uh, and there was a lot of pushback on this, but it, it gave us an opportunity to, to kind of look inside and, and see just who was involved in this. And as you say, over 20,000 people, and it's not just people that work at the track, uh, it's trainers, it's, it's farms, it's, it's supply chains, uh, issues like this. Uh, and uh, I know some people refer to this as the sport of kings. Well, for every E.P. Taylor, uh, there's another group of people that are just hardworking, you know, farmers or trainers or whatever the case might be that rely on this industry. And, it, and I think it, it showed us just how important it is to the Ontario economy. Yeah, absolutely. The economic impact um, from the sport in, in this province is, is in the billions. And uh, the E.P. The e. Taylor era and the, and the wealthy families are most of them are, are long gone in terms of their involvement in the sport and and our our owner and is is typically someone that has two or three horses often the, the trainer has a percentage of the horse it's it's hard working passionate people who rely on on this for the livelihood and and you're exactly right the the farmers the the drivers of uh, of the van drivers, the veterinarians, it, it goes on and on and on. The spill the spillover effect of of this sport on on our economy and and uh, and that's that's what we're the message we're trying to get through. And and hopefully we can find new sources of revenue. We're we're pursuing the sports betting arena in terms of partnerships with horse racing and and I'm hoping that uh, we can set the industry up well for the future, primarily Is, to to employ think- people. I was going to ask you: Is government on side with this? Do they understand the importance of this? I, I know there's a you know the recent revision with uh, with sports betting, of course, uh, from the federal government. They've altered those regulations. Uh, it, the provincial government, of course, it has to be on side with this too. Uh, do you feel as if you've got? Uh, the, 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 do they have your back as you guys come out of this pandemic? Yes, I think they do. Um, I, you know, the, this government, uh, the current government, has been has been supportive and understand it and understand the economic impact. And our our next task is to ensure that we play a pivotal role in in sports betting. We have a off track wagering location, the Champions Lounges, of over fifty of them in the province, and it's a natural for the province to introduce sports betting into those lounges. It's it's a revenue generator for province and a revenue generator for racing well we'd like to think so and uh, uh, it's it's going to be an important part of this in the recovery i got to ask you one other story and i'm sure you saw the story in the globe and mail uh, that, that talked about uh, uh going forward right now multiple sources have told the the canadian press uh that you uh, have stepped down as a cfl board chair back in 2019 but you are back into it in a in a fashion uh the rumor is jim that you've joined the hamilton sports group as an executive committee member uh, that includes, of course, the sports group is is our good friend, the caretaker Bob Young and Scott Mitchell, uh, the owner and chief uh, executive officer for the the Tiger Cats and for the Forge FC Soccer Club. Uh, is is this something? Can we confirm this now? Is this because it was speculative in the Globe and Mail? Uh, as if you don't have anything else to do, you got a lot on your plate already. But this sounds like a, a fascinating initiative. Well, yeah, yes, we can confirm that. Um, I've. Uh had a close relationship with with Bob and Scott over the years since uh, I uh, joined the Canadian Football League in 2013 and 
certainly uh, I'm not so sure I have a whole lot more time on my hands now, but when I sat down <laughs> as chair in 2019, uh, with all the development activities going on at Woodbine, I felt like I had to devote more time to that, and it was the right decision. And I'm I'm really there. Uh, I was approached by Bob and Scott to, to come and help them, and uh, I will do what uh, they w- would like me to do. So I've said many times to them, any way I can help, I'll help, and I'm sure that, that will evolve. And uh, so at this stage, yes, I have, I have joined them, and uh, as far as the role, that will evolve. Well, it's a remarkable story, too. I know that uh, when Bob took over the football club, one of the things that he talked about, especially when it came to building the stadium, uh, for the the Pan Am games was he says I want to get a soccer team for Hamilton. Well, not only to get a soccer team, we got a league, uh, the Canadian Premier League, uh, of which the the Forge FC, of course, have been so dominant. They got a game tonight, by the way, for folks down at Tim Horton Field. Uh, go and watch it; it'll be a blast. Uh, big playoff game. But anyway, it, and to see these sorts of success, but with its challenges, of course, too, to run a league and to run Forge FC, and of course uh, the intricacies of running a Canadian Football League franchise. Uh, in uh, southern Ontario have their challenges as well. So uh, you need the best of the best, and, and Bob and Scott certainly are, are of that ilk, and so are you. So I think this is going to make an incredible uh, team going forward uh, for the success of uh, Forge FC and for the Tiger Cats. Uh, Jim, again, congratulations on, on the honor from uh, the good folks in Burlington as uh, the latest inductee into the Burlington Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, continued good luck with what you're doing at Woodbine and certainly as a member of the Hamilton Sports Group, too. Uh, it's great to have you with us in this community, and it's great to have you on the program today. Well, thank you. I really appreciate being on, and I am looking forward to working with uh, with Bill and Scott. Uh, hats off to all the great work they've done with the Soccer League, too, and, and I hope people show up tonight for the for the Forge game. But uh, I appreciate it, and I'm, I'm very honored, and uh, uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about it today, Bill. Thanks again, Jim. Take care. We'll talk again soon. Jim Lawson, uh, CEO of Woodbine Entertainment Group, and of course, as we just as he just confirmed, uh, the latest member of the Hamilton Sports Group uh, as an executive committee member, along with uh, Bob Young and uh, Scott Mitchell. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from nine to noon on 900 CHML.